So this is our thoughts on our conversation with Ron Kauk, the rites of passage. As we said in the podcast, we first met Ron on our very first trip to Yosemite when we were putting together issue one of We Move and it was a chance meeting with Ron as he was giving his, I think it's quite a regular lecture slideshow as many climbers seem to do in Yosemite Valley as part of the National Park kind of weekly program and everything that he was saying was really resonant with what we were talking about at the time so this was three years ago we were questing into this unknown world of let's put a magazine together let's start the we move journey and hearing him talk about climbing and what it gave to him and that idea of adventure and really trusting yourself and having a connection with others and the environment that you're in to to really make the most of it and we met him afterwards and we said can we go for a coffee with you he didn't know us from adam and we spent we hung out a couple of times with him uh over the period of three days we probably i mean we hung out with him every day for three days didn't we not yeah. the entire day but probably like a couple of hours every day and he was quite mythical yeah like he'd just say we'll meet you by meet you by the tree by the bridge <laughs> and you're like okay who does this and it was almost well i I kind of wanted him to be a bear that just morphed into Ron. <laughs> he probably is. And he probably is. And and we had these great conversations, like n- nothing really about climbing per se, but everything about climbing and what it's taught him and yeah, they were teachers. They were conversations without a desired outcome. They weren't really questions. They were just flowing conversations that meandered and allowed themselves to emerge into whatever they needed to be. It's mm. the best way to describe, I think, the way that Ron talks. Yeah. And that's how um, spending time in that conversation is how all the reflection and wisdom comes out. Mm. You know, in my experience, you know, in the, in the experience of being with Ron twice now, you have very long conversations for... Hours. Know, yeah, like up to six hours we've had. <laughs> and um, backwards and forwards and different opinions are put forth and no one's trying to dominate the conversation. No one is saying... This is how it is. It's There's lots of putting ideas forward and, and letting yeah. them merge and come together. It's like an exploration and see where it can go and yeah. bringing everyone's ideas to the table. It's the art of conversation, I would say. Yeah. Because you very rarely sit down with anyone for six hours. You might go and see a friend, but you very rarely sit down with them and talk intentionally for six hours. You rarely talk with people. <laughs> yeah. You know, really, really actually. A lot of time is spent doing stuff, things. isn't it? Let's go, let's go grab a tea. Let's walk to here. Let's, so your conversation is never allowed to just develop into a, you know, a long format. It's, mm. But with Ron, that is the format. That, I can't imagine any other type of conversation with Ron. But I think that's also a product or that's also reflective of the environment in which Ron lives in and, and how he spent the past 40 years of his life. You know, he talked about being a teenager and they would climb and they would come back and would spend time in in camp four um talking with each other and there was a campfire and obviously no technology at that time so really the only things to do were climb and talk at that period of time i'd have loved to have met him at 15 because i have a feeling that he would have been very similar to how he is now quite thoughtful and contemplative yeah 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 I, i would i would assume 
yeah, I would make the same the same guess. And had an, a, a real ability, clearly a physical ability. And just imagine him then meeting who became his peers, how their different dynamics would have played out. And it was a Ron's pers- not a man for bravado. Yeah, I would. I was about to say the 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 people that he would have hung out with and camp four was the perfect environment for him to thrive in. Mm. It allowed his reflective mind time. His you know that that element of him but also the the men around him and the women around him doing the climbing feats that they did i mean he mentioned that 15 years of age 100 pull-ups a day <laughs> but you know he was in the, the environment where everyone was doing that so of course you would do that yeah if you maybe left your own devices you wouldn't but in camp four you're clearly going to do that again when there was very little around that period of time mm. there would have been guitars <laughs> board games Some beers chess boards yeah and the conversations. Probably not too many beers either. And, I of, remember course, he said, and of course, after six, you know, it had been dark. So, you know, what what are you going to do other than talk? Yeah, no head torches. I, and also the environment, he mentioned the wider environment, you know, the messages that were being given to people his age. He talked about the lyrics of Hendrix and the lyrics of, of mm. the Rolling Stones. He talked about, uh, you know, the catalogues and the, the magazines. They were really thought-provoking quotes to to really make you reflective and and they they were there to kind of open your mind yeah modern culture is not really like that because it's not safe and it's not sellable per se so that again that was an extension of his environment even more so yeah they were very it sounds like beautiful times oh it'd have been amazing i think the the rate of development and I think I've heard him say this during the podcast, like that rate of development in that era, kind of we won't have again. Like it's, mm. it's the improvement in climbing and technical developments are going up fractions, yeah. whereas he he was almost, well, he was the past, present and the future. And it was, you can't imagine climbing and experiencing the world the way they did at the at the time. Yeah, I mean, you can imagine like a, 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 like a graph... You know, like a time and you know time on one axis and the rate of skill on another axis and, and that period of time that he was alive must have had the steepest curve. Yeah. He says, you know, there's not there's not really anything left for people to do, or of course there is, but you know, not a huge amount. So you know, Alex Honnold's just free selling our cap. What else is there to do in 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 Yosemite now? I mean, I, I don't know. I'm asking it. Free solo the dawn wall. Yeah. But, you know, at that time, they were putting up first ascents on everything. Yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah, across the grades, across just a much simpler time. Yeah. But also, he said that they were allowed the time to do it. He talked about, was it Astro Man, I think, that he talked about where it was, uh, I I may mess up here with the grades, but I think he talked about they had trained all summer. They were on 510s. And then when he got to Astro Man, he did it on first sight, first try, he he was perfectly in tune with being able to climb that he was able to do the next grade up no problems you, like that's just inconceivable now that that you wouldn't just go and try that immediately or very quickly that you, you know yeah i think people well this takes us into straight into rites of passage yeah because that was very much a you pay your dues you go through you learn from others and now it's about almost the like a celebrity culture, I want to do that route or I want to do that thing. Yeah. Skipping steps. Skipping the steps. So you go, well, I've trained. It's quite interesting there. People from the UK that are going to be 
they've never really climbed before and they're going to climb El Cap. Mm. And it's it's almost like this thing to do. It's robbing yourself of so much so much uh, of the process. Quite possibly. Also going on these wild, crazy adventures yeah. to put, you know, in like a real... Maybe that's the way to do it. You have to have no experience of something and go into it now as opposed to in those days things hadn't been climbed. So there were new ascents going up, new ascents, first routes going up regularly. Whereas now that level's just pushed so much, you know, with yes. Alex freestyling. Um, it's the opposite LK. side of the spectrum, isn't it? <laughs> it makes the opposite side of the spectrum more yeah. applicable. So like Ross Edgley's doing amazing things. Yeah. You know, kind of going back to that original eccentric explorer, I'm going to do it to see if it's possible, see if I can do it. Yeah. As opposed to being, I'm the best out there. I'm going to go and mm. have a go. Yeah. So it's a, a different a kind of, of... A lot of paradoxes in that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I don't really know. And I guess maybe you pay... Your dues. I know Ross Edgley has done a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Like he's, we don't just turn up to the starting line, do you? No. But even then, m- maybe climbing, I think you said about how climbing is the, the practice out of all of, you know, yoga, CrossFit, whatever, that you're both in touch with your body, nature, kind of you are fully connected to everything. Yeah. And anything else kind of takes you out, like you're dealing with your emotions, you're interacting with the natural environment. That is, if you climb outside, indoor climbings kind of can become a mindless pursuit of... Yeah, I guess the other colors. one is surfing. Like we had yeah. Johnny Paskowitz talk about that. Like you have to be in tune with nature. Yeah. And, and yeah, Ron talks about with uh, Sacred Rock, it's like they bring the the young offenders to... Yosemite to build a connection and develop a relationship with nature and as a result develop and build a relationship with themselves yeah it it allows that process to happen Mm. it doesn't you know the rock nature doesn't give you an opinion back it doesn't you know you you can either connect with it or you can't you can either climb the route or you can't It's, it's non you know, it's not like you're trying, there's not an ego pursuit to like, can I get my leg in this position or, you know, can I take that opponent out? It's, 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 it's purely mirroring where you're at. Mm, Well, I think, I think all practices mirror where you're at. Like you you can try with climbing, I'm going to do this and bludgeon your way through it and come off a bit worse, you know, bloody knuckles. I saw an interview with Alex Honnold and, he was it was on GQ and he was no, so yeah, talking about all the the films that have used climbing in and he was just kind of chuckling to himself as Sylvester Stallone was punching his way through a you know climbing an ice waterfall by punching his hands through it and he was like there were kind of no scars on Alex's hands that's because he's so accomplished at at doing it yeah the bloody knuckles represent yeah. that you're actually just a bad climber right <laughs> yeah. Yeah. as opposed to an accomplished climber yeah and I think I think everything is a mirror just where we're accepting where we are mm-hmm. that feels like the challenge and maybe you did more then and there was a part that ron talked about some climb and this kind of rites of passage and he was saying you know oh this guy came back and said you know oh so and so's done it and he was like whoa 
if he's done it, I'm not ready to do that yet. Yeah. So you had this natural, and it wasn't like, oh, I'm going to go and do it because that guy's done it. He was like, oh, okay, cool. I'm developing. Yeah. And he's the marker to my progress. Yeah. And we lost sight of that, you know. In, yeah, in, I mean, I, I suppose the obvious but it's response hard. to that is an, it's an egotistical <laughs> pursuit, isn't yeah. it? You know, if someone else can do it, I want to be able to do it. And Ron seemed like he was in flow the whole time. For his life. But for much. his life, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it goes back to Jamie's podcast. Mm-hmm. You know, he'd gone through the ordinary stuff. Yeah quite extraordinary you know he moved to the valley age 15 and all of this stuff i yeah. mean that's it's quite interesting actually or maybe quite telling that one of jamie's heroes is ron calc yeah of all the different climbers out there that's the one that he he mentioned mm. i think it's also quite telling because ron talks a lot about climbing brands and i feel that's because he has his son lonnie who's an incredibly accomplished climber and snowboarder, like doing amazing things. All these brands are in the pursuit of selling this idea of this experience. Yeah. And he was very much the muse of Prana, which very much was about kind of Ron's approach on life. Yeah. And Prana is sort of a, one of the yoga climbing brands. Yeah. And how you get that kind of crossover and all the other brands are about you know who can go fastest who can go furthest who can yeah have that competition you know that ego driven uh competition because it's not about who can go the the fastest at the top level it is but they're all in flow the people that aren't in flow fall off well this is where for me with ron it's like climbing for him was just each new route was a way to teach himself the next level of things about himself it's all really my interpretation of it is it's really all about knowing thyself mm. and he used each new climb or each new achievement on the rock to learn something new about himself and, you know, and that's where he talked about taking these these long periods of time for reflection post each climb you know he said you know he said he said about you're reflecting on it and then bringing it back and, and passing it on and sharing it. Like, mm. what have you learned that you can then, what have you learned about yourself and about the climb and about the world that you can then bring back and, and pass on? And so few people are doing that be- now. Uh, well, it seems to, certainly seems to be so few people are doing that now because the pursuit isn't about knowing thyself. The pursuit is about the next big thing. You know, the, the easy target is to say, you know, more likes or more money, more sponsorship. Mm. Um, and and actually, Ron talked about that with Magic Line. You know, that, that was his. If I'm right, that was his last big, yeah, last uh, big route, last big route. And he talked about um, having awareness of why was he doing it because originally he started to think about mm. it with regards to his sponsorships. Like he needed something new to sell to his sponsors, and and then he was able to let go of that and, and move through it, and mm. and um, and you know, and and get back to the original purpose purpose of it. Yeah, of of learning the next. Uh, through reflection through the experience through reflection um coming out of it wisdom that's the that's the trivium that's what it is it's it's knowledge plus experience is um wisdom wisdom so that's life that's life answered 
yeah. in that simple equation. Well, it's a way to, you know, it's, it's sort of as a way to think and a way to learn. There's an intention to it rather than merely having these experiences and not really considering what's going, going on as yeah. an input, a process, uh, input processing and output there becomes a, a purpose to why you're doing them mm. um, in order to grow. I wonder what effect free solo will have on people because Ron talked about, and we've heard it a few times, like living vicariously through, like stop watching YouTube, go out and live as opposed to watching people do these incredible things, you know, and Tony Molina talked about it. Uh, Jamie Will talked about it. Ron was talking about it. And what effect free solo will have because that's a maybe everything i was thinking about this the other day talking to jess and like everything is therapy in a way and also everything is reflection like you can watch free solo and it's amazing and it's like what do you take away from it and apply to your life Mm -hmm. but maybe you need the experiences service what did you say knowledge knowledge experience yeah you can you can well, you can watch it the knowledge of it the experience of it the reflection of it becomes the wisdom yeah so you can have the you can watch free solo but most people have never put themselves in a position to achieve what they really want to go and do mhm so you're then looking at it almost as a way of like oh he can do it and i can't mhm and i've seen lots of instagram comments going most inspiring film i've ever watched watched it many times i think a few people have watched it like six or seven times and i'd be really interested to know what they're then and i actually i haven't seen it but what they're doing with it yes what they're doing with that level of inspiration because one man has put that inspiration out there and at any moment during that the making of that film he could have died yeah, you know, what, what pops into my head is <clears throat> we spoke with Logan, we spoke with uh, Arthur, and they both talked about excellence versus perfection. You know, in pursuit of excellence because perfection doesn't exist. In the film, which I just watched this week, um, Jimmy Chin, the director or co-director and phenomenal climber and photographer himself, talks about how Free Solo is the, uh, I'm paraphrasing, but it's, literally the ultimate expression of perfection because if it's not perfect it's the ultimate consequence i thought it was i thought it's brilliant because it's true like Mm. it's almost like the moment where the clouds part and and it's like ah like yeah perfection does exist yeah because it had to be perfection when you see it and i mean you see the micro footholds that he's on on the slab and you know it, it Having been in Yosemite, having spent time with, you know, a few pretty phenomenal climbers, including mm. Alex, including yeah. Tommy, including Ron, you know, you know, doing a little bit of climb myself, watching you climb, stood at the bottom of the nose. Then watching the film, it's like this whole other level of understanding. Yeah, and it's like you know, my understanding is com- probably compared to the general public, relatively rounded. Obviously, I don't have the experience of being up on the wall, mm. but you know, really understanding it to another level. Yeah, you know. And being like, when in fact Tommy Caldwell says in the film is that you know for people that don't know the sport they're like oh wow that's that's pretty that's pretty amazing man I mean like wow that's amazing and then for climbers they're like holy shit I can't believe you're even contemplating doing it that's like death you know yeah death it's like there's a with the knowledge and the and the 
understanding and the experience, there's just a whole other level of wisdom that goes yeah. with it, which is like, I don't, you know, like a lot of the film crew were like, I don't know if I can do this because, you know, such was the conviction that it probably, you know, there's a, a massive likelihood that it can't be done. Yeah. And he, you know, and he expresses perfection in doing it. Yeah. Well, we had a conversation with Tony Molina pre-free solo. Yeah. Was it pre-free solo? Well, that would have been two years ago. We ha- I don't think he'd done it at the time. Maybe he had done it. When we saw him in November? No, it was before that. Well, we saw him in 2016, so it would have been before. He did it in like... We did- saw him earlier last year when we were out there in the summer. So it was then. With Microsoft. That was 2016. What? Was it really? 20... 2017. 2017. 2017. So yeah. in 2017, we were talking, and we were saying about everything that he, Alex, has seen. You know, his mm. brain. Obviously, they yeah. they show that bit about his brain in the film, right? They show that film that bit about his brain. Yeah, they do. And if everything were to connect, like the the level of processing that yeah would go through his brain, you yeah. know, he could just totally break down. Like that's yeah. I think that's what Tony was saying because the level of trauma, y- you've been up there, yeah, and you've seen all that. It's nervy enough to be five meters off the ground, <laughs> isn't it? You know, yeah. moving, let alone, you know, some people can't climb a ladder. Yeah. And this guy's up there, you know, seeing all of that that he's seen. Yeah. Coupled with, and I guess this is like, you know, I wonder when he'll reflect on all of that to mm. date, because that's a huge full stop. He doesn't need to do anything again. No. No, no, absolutely. I mean, but yeah, that's because every time he does it, it has to be perfection. Yes. Because there is no other. Yeah. There is no other option. Well, there there is. is. There's one other option. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, there are two. It's not walking or not living, I guess. Probably not living. Yeah. Um, It depends how high he climbs, you know, whatever he does. But it's, I wonder if he'll do anything, you know, like, is, is that the... Well, we shall see what he then goes to do. But I do wonder what people then take away from watching Mm -hmm. such amazing things. Is it, I'm going to pick the one thing that I've always wanted to do and I'm going to commit to doing that and I'm going to create a systematic process over a number of years to just steadily follow the process and and chip through. He didn't just turn up and... No, he must be, I don't know, let's say he's 30. I mean, it's definitely like the result of a 20, 25-year practice. But it's not just the the result of a 20, 25-year practice, the result of everything in his life. You know, in Mm. the film it talks about the relationships that he's had, you know, with his family. And, you know, there was a a saying, his mum's a French teacher and there's a saying in French, I can't remember, but it's essentially like, whatever, that's not good enough. You know, you can do better. This is a constant push to try and do better to do better to do better even down to you know so unfortunate you know that his dad died and that left him with insurance which allowed him to to be a dirtbag climber (laughs) yeah his willingness to you know sleep in uh supermarket car parks and spend 88 88 cents so probably what like 65 pence on dinner every night yeah you know it's just you you know it's it's beautiful because it's so unique. Mm. Like, you know, if anything, it just shows how unique everyone's life is. Yeah. It's not just about the, the outward. It's, it's, it's everything that's happened in your life that makes you that unique character. Yeah. And, and the, one of the culminations of that uniqueness for him is that he was able to, to do a perfect climb mm. on demand. Yeah. Imagine saying to, to Usain Bolt, okay, need a 9.84. <laughs> 
otherwise you're dead. Yeah, yeah. And and being able to to do that yeah. on command, it's just you know he's phenomenal. pretty good like that though. He's yeah, good. he's probably not too far from it. But I, I think yeah, for me that's this whole idea of reflection. Everyone's externalizing everything. They go to see these films. They watch YouTube. Everything is external, but this idea of reflection that you have to go within and look back at what you've done and really take the principles of... If you took the principles of Alex Honnold climbing El Cap, it would be no different to the principles of... I think we talked about Warren Buffet. Mm-hmm. Reading six to eight hours every day yeah. because that compound effect of all that information and knowledge going in yeah. over time makes him one of the richest men in the world. Yeah. Also makes Alex one of the best climbers, probably sports person in the world. For, for, <laughs> yeah, and, and and ever until someone does, you know. I mean, it's hard to conceive, you know, obviously what, what you do. Yeah. You just do harder and harder. But yeah. like... They're so, just these principles yeah. that you take through and yeah. really commit. And that's the really hard part. Yeah. And and that, I think, actually then leads on nicely to the other major thing in Ron's life, which is about passing it on. Mm. So, you know, Alex does all this amazing stuff. Like, then, you know, what has he learned to pass on? Yeah. Which Ron talks about. And, you know, Ron has, you know, Ron now has sacred rock and he passes on. Sim- quite, I think it's quite simple. Just the experience of being in Yosemite and what it's done to him and how it's nourished his soul and changed his life. And he, yeah, what's he provides great an opportunity to, to, other, to young offenders that would never have the uh, opportunity for it. Yeah, he, he doesn't try and... He's not wanting to make a legion of climbers. Yeah, yeah. Which is kind of cool. It's like, there's no academy yeah. for climbing. Yeah. I guess there's an, uh, there's an academy of nature and, he, you know, there's your, there's your backpack. Yeah, he, there's some water. He says it with a great That's Ron good. Giggle where where a teacher asks him, you know, what are you going to do to these kids? And he's like, nothing. And just yeah, let, let the kids be themselves. Be, be themselves. Yeah. And I guess, Alex, that reflection. Yeah. So maybe this idea of reflection and rites of passage, they allow you to be yourself because mm. you can reflect on the things that actually you want to do. Mm. Work out a way of or putting it into a sequence, an, an order for, for actually being yourself yeah because alex is you know imagine imagine him behind a desk (laughs) probably would be certain death (laughs) (laughs) yeah in a in a in a totally different way and i think you know people are meant to do those things yeah when you focus on it Mm. so it's really interesting it was incredible film i just you know you can't wait what can i commit to (laughs) Yeah, well, that's it. That's yeah. you but hear all again, these people doing. I suppose that. that's ultimately also a reflection of yourself. You know, what do you take from the film? You like for me, it was like, okay, what can I, what can I connect to? Oh, sorry, what can I commit to? Yeah, maybe, maybe that's you know, based on my whole life and my all my stories. I wonder what that is for for other people, and that just becomes what whatever it is in wherever people are. But I wonder lives. if, say, Alex has that because he's committed to it. Mm. You know, he's found his thing and he's committed to it, and most people don't. Yeah, they don't want to commit. <laughs> you know, they don't really want we, to be the best they can be. But I think we live in that, uh, you know, an era of time where there's so much to do, so many choices. It's very easy to not commit. Or, are there so many choices, or are there just so many distractions? And actually, there yeah. are very few choices. Yeah, dis- distract. I think distractions. There are two choices to according it. to Arthur. There's to choose to do something or to not to do it. Yeah, yeah. Any distraction is choosing not to do. Yeah. 
and really yeah if you want to do something and you choose every choice you make should, yeah. you know follows that path yeah i feel like we just we get in our own way yeah and the number of excuses that turn up are massive yeah and then you know so then i think it goes back to connecting with nature which is connecting with your true nature connecting with self connecting to authenticity and not being distracted by life and you know trusting in the process Mm. (laughs) which you know we talk about a lot now but actually the first person that that we heard it from well certainly i did was was ron Ron in in the phenomenal book that he wrote called sacred rock which was his reflections on on life after a lifetime of climbing yeah Yeah, everyone should write a book of reflections on their on their lives well i think the people that journal do yeah yeah it's good very good point yeah and then yeah but i was as i was recording intros earlier i was thinking about the the process of like everyone's journaling journaling's a big thing it's like everyone should journal every morning that seems to me like a ruse to sell more notebooks (laughs) moleskins yeah more moleskins everyone should be journaling it's like great but what do you do with what do you do with all that stuff that you've written down do you ever then reflect because it the reflection isn't the writing yeah the reflection is writing it and sitting with it yeah and so you don't actually have to write it it down you could just it's an art i think reflection is an art and um there's a couple of podcasts coming out alongside this one with will brown and Lindsay matthews about reflection Mm. Lindsay talks uh, you know i was listening to Lindsay's yesterday and she talks about how the real gold comes after a committed committed practice after a period of time yeah whether that's a month or a year of doing it then then the you know the gold starts to make itself aware oh you know you start to become aware of the gold like the flakes the shininess of Mm -hmm. it you know then you start to kind of dig in that direction but it it requires that commitment to it it requires the the 30-day practice or the yeah you know or the 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 years practice i guess it's why in the that book the artist date it's like um it's a 12 week process and it's three pages every morning Mm. because it takes, you know, it's an uphill grind to begin with. It takes a period of time of doing it to get into the flow of it. Yeah. You know, it just flows. Yeah. It's like a natural selection process, isn't it? Yeah. Like if you can't make it over the hurdle, then it's probably not for you. Yeah. Yeah. And I think for a lot of people it isn't, but it's when people, It's just that, well, I think there's only one option and that's to commit. Like do it and commitment is only one thing. It's all. Yeah. It's all in. It's not, oh, I'm committed to my, you know, I go to the gym, but when you go, you don't do anything. Yeah. You pick dick around on your phone. Yeah. Yeah. Which, you know, it's like you fully commit. Yeah. I remember coming back from this trip and saying to someone, it's really odd after meeting all these people i feel so inspired and also question like i can choose to be around people that want to fully commit to their process and then feed off you know feed off and and uh feedback yeah like feed on their energy and feedback my energy because anyone else it's just like a real yeah hindrance that was my reflection on our one of my reflections on our trip which rang true with an idea I've heard many times. You are the, you are the sum of the five people you hang around with. Mm-hmm. 
So really choose them yeah. carefully, wisely. Choose yeah. ev choose everything that propels you forward. Reflection is this looking back to take it to move forward as opposed to chasing forward, ignoring the process and just trying to... Creating the perfect bludgeon. environment for yourself, right? Actually giving thought and consideration to every element of your environment. Yeah. Not being blase about it. Maybe creating an environment of excellence over mm. creating a perfect environment because lots yeah. of people do and it's why... Did I say perfect environment? You said perfect environment. Yeah, yeah you're correct. Thank you for correcting me. Yeah. I was channeling <laughs> Arthur there. <laughs> but an environment of excellence. I like it. Because that allows you to fail. And it feels like Ron was in, a, in an environment of excellence. Yeah, but that... Yeah, exactly. And, you know... Well, and well Ron put. was in an environment of excellence and so was Alex and the culmination of that hmm. was he could hit perfection like well, Ron had to I, I guess climbing is when you when you make an ascent mm -hmm. it is perfection yeah <laughs> you know because you're either at the top or you're not yeah and the consequences of Alex's ascent were just greater than yeah anyone else's because there'll be many people that will do that will be able to climb that route beautifully yeah not slip all of this stuff but yeah. he just did it with yeah kind of totally exposed to the to the yeah. world as a real like i guess trust the process he trusted everything yeah yeah <laughs> you know almost the air was keeping him on yeah the, well you the know rock so was, interestingly you know he has a an abandoned attempt like a year earlier he gets up like x amount of the mountain right. and decides to bail like something just doesn't feel right and uh, and so you know, and then like he comes back a year later and does it, like you you know, yeah. That in itself is is a com that in itself is a commitment, you know. Yeah, because how many people just push through? <clears throat> mm. Like almost seems I don't have to do it now; it will happen. Yeah, yeah. Like he was trusting, you know, trusting that process. Yeah. And probably then reflected on it, and actually that's what kept him alive. That yeah. alive. Yeah. Not alive. He's not alive. He <laughs> <laughs> kept him alive. Yeah, yeah. I, I think. I mean, I'm a big fan of climbing. It's interesting. Someone said we should feature more Ashtangis because that seems to be more uh, our practice at the moment. But I do feel there's something about climbing that everyone can. Exp you know, everyone can yeah. get an amazing experience from. Yeah, physical, mental. Mm -hmm. When you take it, like Ron has, it becomes a spiritual. Yeah, thing and you know that and surfing but but again even climb, climbing there's no surfboard yeah yeah yeah, yeah. It's you and the rock and i guess you've got shoes and shorts it's the, you can i was do about to that. say it's the surfboard the shoes yeah possibly possibly <laughs> but i think those... and, the, and the wax the the chalk <laughs> yeah maybe well i think swimming surfing and climbing that would be the ultimate triathlon and running and running quadathlon <laughs> which would be phenomenal wouldn't it yeah how would you yeah I don't know how you do it, but maybe that's a WeMove event coming to <laughs> to a country near some of you <laughs> at some point. We'll do some reflecting on it. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well, thanks for listening in and joining us. Yeah. And um, yeah, check out the Ron podcast. It's, oh, it's certainly one of, my, one of my favorite podcasts we've recorded because it just all happened so naturally and, and also one of the most inspiring people that, that I've met and uh, really treasure the time that, mm. that we get with him and i'm 
you know always looking forward to getting back to to hang out and see yeah again. and hopefully that'll be soon <laughs> a week in Tuolumne Meadows rising with, with the, the sun. sun yeah yeah and doing Mathis Crest and doing Mathis Crest with Tony oh, yeah it'd be great to meet Tony and Ron just record that conversation a meeting of minds yeah yeah right thanks cool. very much cheers